This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is a Future of What single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at KillRockStars.com slash The Future of What. Support for The Future of What comes from Merch Table. Since 2002, Merch Table has operated and managed online stores for hundreds of successful musicians, record labels, comedians, artists, and small businesses. Big or small, set up shop today by visiting merchtable.com. We're talking to Gray Ganaway of Quarter Lab. Gray, welcome to the future of what? How you doing, Portia? I'm good. Glad to finally be on. I know. We have a puppy in studio today, so I'm not going to listen to you at all or even look at you the it's hard whole to, time. Hard to focus right now. <laughs> really sorry. <laughs> She's due. Get out. Okay. I'll stop. Well, here, the first thing we're going to do is you're going to explain to me what Quarter Lab does. Sure. Quarter Lab is a video networking consultancy. We help brands and artists reach more people and earn more money through their video content. So you run our YouTube channel, for example, Kill Rockstar's YouTube channel, and then you work also with a whole bunch of other people. You take care of their YouTube channels and what else? Correct. And we also help them manage their digital rights across a number of different platforms and help them earn money when other people use their content in their videos. Mm. So you help people monetize their video content. Correct. That's the simple way of talking about it. Cool. And also earn money when other videos use their intellectual property in those videos. And how long have you been doing this particular, this is kind of a niche job. Yeah, I've been doing it for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And you have clients across the country. We do. We represent Lil Wayne, Run the Jewels, The Roots, Nicki Minaj. So mainly hip hop artists, but not exclusively hip hop. Yeah. Definitely. So now the reason that you're in the studio today with me is that you're going to talk to us about something that you've noticed happening in the last few weeks, correct? Correct. Yeah. The YouTube adpocalypse. The YouTube adpocalypse. Yeah. So tell our listeners what, what in the hell is the YouTube adpocalypse. Sure. So a publication called The Times of London initially broke the story in late February. They found advertisements from the UK government running in front of terrorist-related content on YouTube. So the UK government obviously wasn't stoked about that, and they ended up pulling their advertising budget from YouTube. And a bunch of major brands did the same. So AT&T, McDonald's, Enterprise rental cars, a bunch of major brands ended up completely yanking their ad spins from the YouTube platform. Wow. And as a result, everyone's making a lot less money per view on YouTube right now. And that's continued. So even though that started like the end of February or something, we're still seeing that effect? Correct. Yeah. Some channels more so than others, but it's been a pretty widespread issue that's affected pretty much everybody on the YouTube platform. Do you feel like people even know about this? It's it's come out in public. So there's been a lot of commotion with YouTube creators. about the the decreased revenue. Just for people, because I think most people don't really understand how the YouTube platform works. Like the the advertising dollars that come in from the big companies like McDonald's and Enterprise that you mentioned, that sort of goes into this big pool, right? Because it's not like you get to choose whose advertisements play on your content. Correct. And that's part of the issue is 
something called programmatic advertising where brands no longer necessarily buy specific placements. They buy specific audiences. So they go to YouTube and say, we want to generally advertise in front of people that are 25 to 35 years old, predominantly with these kinds of interests or tastes. And so YouTube goes and tries to do their best job at placing those advertisements on video content that will reach those audiences. And have those major advertisers that you mentioned, have those brands come back to the YouTube spot or are they are they out of the space completely? A lot of them are sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. Right. So it's kind of like a, a touch and go situation right now. So basically the reason this happened is because so many large brands pulled their money out. The pool was smaller. Is that why people are losing money? Exactly. Wow. And I, cause I would imagine that a lot of people who listen to the show who are like smaller time musicians, you know, people who are sort of getting started or, or sort of earlier in their career would not even really be aware of this and might be confused as to why they're losing ad revenue. I think it depends on how important YouTube is to your overall revenue. Mm-hmm. People that depend on it heavily are very aware of the issue, but a lot of people that view this as just an extra stream of revenue probably aren't fully aware of what's going on. Right. Absolutely. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, do you think that the big advertisers are going to return to the marketplace or do you think that it's going to do something different? I think that'll happen slowly. YouTube initially kind of threw the brakes on advertisements running across most content on the platform. The first thing they wanted to do was make sure that there wasn't more of a mass exodus of advertising dollars on the platform. Mm -hmm. And now they're slowly going through the process of identifying what content is brand safe and advertiser safe and re-enabling that content for advertisements. So it's, it's going to be a slow process. I don't think things are, I don't think revenue is going to become completely restored to the levels that they were at prior Mm -hmm. to this whole issue. But it's been a big wake up call for everyone who depends on YouTube and video content to drive significant revenue. Wow. Yeah. Now, what about, because I'm just thinking, you know, it's like YouTube has never been a massive source of our income at Kell Rockstars. It's just not for whatever reason. But, you know, I'm thinking about those people who have played the, you know, have the Minecraft videos that are making their (laughs) entire livings, you know, from the YouTube platform. Mm -hmm. So those people too have been seriously affected? It's affected everyone on YouTube to some extent. I mean, even the top YouTubers that have millions of followers, they've been very vocal. Some people saw their revenue drop to five to 10% of what it used to be. Whoa. Virtually overnight. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a massive impact. The music channels we work with have not been affected very substantially. Most channels on YouTube saw some kind of dip between March 25th and March 27th. Mm -hmm. And depending on the nature of the content, the rebounds have been more pronounced and and, more quick for for some channels and for other channels, they've kind of continued to operate at, you know, a, a small percentage of the capacity where they used to be. Wow. And this is the kind of thing Now, could this sort of thing happen again? I mean, what was the whole, what was the truth of the terrorist, whatever content? It's not clear to what extent this was a widespread issue. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of companies in advertising use this for political purposes. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of companies would rather see ad dollars flow to, to platforms that aren't Google or YouTube owned. And then also... I think a lot of ad agencies are using this as an opportunity to try and negotiate better royalty rates with with YouTube. Mm. Yeah, so it's definitely become a, a bit of a of a political situation. Well, and because YouTube has always been political because of their sort of low 
payout rate and given the the landscape of the music industry in general, they've always been a little bit difficult. And I would say probably the biggest issue with YouTube is, is the consent issue is the fact that, you know, artists don't really have the opportunity to say no because anyone can put their content up. The only choice that creators really have in the YouTube space is to monetize or not to monetize, but not, they don't really have the chance to take it down, take stuff down because the DMCA you know, takedown notices have been notoriously weak. Well, content owners can take their content down off of YouTube. The issue is that it immediately gets re-uploaded. Exactly. So if users in the YouTube space don't, I mean, if content creators don't really have the option to take down their stuff successfully, they do have the option to monetize it using content ID. So can you explain how that works? Sure. Content ID is a digital file recognition system that allows you to be notified when other videos use your copyrighted content. That could be in the form of songs being used as a soundtrack for your video, or that could be a video that uses your video content in the form of a mashup. Mm -hmm. If you have a deal with YouTube to use their content ID system, you automatically know when other people are using your content. And you have a few options with what to do with those videos that use your content. The two most common choices are either to monetize the video and allow it to stay up on YouTube or to block it. So if you have access to the content ID system or you have a partner company that represents your content and they plug your content into content ID, then you can definitely block unauthorized uses of, of your music or your video on YouTube. The problem is a lot of people don't have access to those tools. And why is it that they don't have access? Because YouTube has to vet you and, and approve you to use the program. Oh, interesting. And they're very guarded about that because they don't want people to come in and claim that they have rights that they actually don't. Interesting. So your company is vetted. You guys can use Content ID. Exactly. Right. And that's what that would be the plus of people using your service is that you have access to that, whereas that's an individual one, wouldn't correct. necessarily. Yeah, that's one of the advantages is we can monitor exactly who's using your content, let you know, and let you decide if you want to block it or allow it to stay live on YouTube and just collect the, the money on your behalf. Have you seen any changes over the last five years and how that's working? Because I, I, I get the feeling, and this is just totally you know my own five last five years feeling, that there used to be a lot more sort of like people uploading content like crazy and you know in unauthorized ways. And then people having to be like, knock it off, knock it off. I feel like almost maybe people have learned a little better in the last five years and it's not as frequent, but that's just my gut. Is that, are you seeing that? Not at all. No, it, depending on- <laughs> Totally wrong. Depending okay. on the artists we work with, often when a track is released, say at 11 a.m. West Coast time, by noon, we'll find hundreds of unauthorized wow. uploads. There's a lot of people that make businesses out of just grabbing content and trying to be first to YouTube to re-upload it. Wow, but then what does the, what, what's the benefit to them if it gets instantly blocked? If it gets blocked, no benefit, but probably nine times out of 10, it doesn't get blocked. Oh, wow. There's enough content that slips through the cracks for them to you know collect some ad revenue here and there, and, and in aggregate, it's probably substantial money. Wow. Oh, there's so many crazy loopholes. I love it. But it's interesting as the, you know, as the music industry grows and changes every week, you know, there's always something new happening. And it's interesting that this is happening right now in the, in the YouTube space, because I think a lot of people have been sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop in the YouTube space for a long time, just for that exact reason. You know, are people going to continue to allow their music to be utilized in this way. And not that there's that much we can do about it, but, you know, except make a stink. Sure. Yeah. I think there's a couple of viable routes that YouTube could explore. One of them is obviously 
providing a more favorable revenue share to mm-hmm. the you know the intellectual property owners. I don't see that as very likely, but that would be a very welcome change for you know for everyone in the music industry. Another thing that YouTube could improve on is their marketing for the YouTube Red service, the mm-hmm. paid subscription service. So similar to Pandora and Spotify, YouTube has a free-to-the-user version that's supported by advertisements, and then mm-hmm. they have a paid version where you can have all the ads stripped away, and instead of YouTube monetizing the content through advertisements, they monetize it from a $10 monthly subscription payment. Awesome. Well, Greg Anaway, thank you so much for joining us today on The Future of What? No problem. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What on iTunes. And thanks for listening. Burns by Essential Logic.